Yeah, I need you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And listen what the Word of the Lord says. Remember, we're in Ephesians. We've been going through the first chapter. And uh, we're being reminded of how wealthy we are, how rich we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we've also looked at that even though we have all of this wealth at our uh, disposal, we many times are living poorly. And so uh, with that theme in mind, we are now reminded once again as we come into chapter 2 of how rich we are. If you're here today and you know Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, you are rich you are rich beyond your wildest imaginations. All the, everything that you need to be able to victor, be victorious in your Christian walk is at your disposal. You have everything you need. And so now he turns and says, here's how wealthy you are. And he talks about salvation. I want you to know, uh, just go ahead, if you took all the other blessings out. Just, just said He didn't do anything else for you, but He just saved you. That would be enough to tell you that you're wealthy today. And so we see here in Ephesians chapter 2, look in verse number 1. And we're going to look at, in verses 1 through 3 this morning, we're going to look, and when it pertains to salvation, we're going to look at the past. And then we're going to pick up Later on, you'll pick up in verse 4, verse 6, uh, also verse 8 and 9, and that helps us to understand uh, of our present situation pertaining to our salvation. And then in verses 7 through 10, we're going to see uh, the future. What, what is in the future because of our salvation? Okay, everybody got that? And it says, And you hath He quickened. Well, we could just go ahead and camp out on that one word right there. He says, and you. Now he's talking to the church. He's talking to believers. This morning he's talking to those of us who have trusted in Jesus Christ. For you, he has quickened. That word means to bring to life. It means that you were once dead. Now he's brought you to life. And he says, and you, have, uh, and you he hath quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. Now we're going to uh, develop this a little bit more, but notice the word trespasses and notice the word sins, they're in the plural form. We're going to explain that a little bit more. So in verse number 1, we're going to see death. Now we come to verse number 2. When we come to verse number 2, we're going to see that we've been deceived. We've been deceived. Listen to what he says. He says, Wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according uh, to the prince and the, uh, the power of the air, of uh, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So we need to understand that before we got saved, we're not only we were dead, but we were also deceived. What were we deceived by? We were deceived by Satan and his demonic system that he has incorporated into this world in which we live. We need to understand this morning that there are two kingdoms represented here this morning. 
You're either in the kingdom of light or you're going to be in the kingdom of darkness. And those two kingdoms are always at war with one another. But now, go back to verse number 1. For those of us who've trusted Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, He has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light. But before you came to know Jesus Christ, you were deceived. See, you had this uh, ideal that you were running the show yourself. You had this misconception, if you will, that you were doing it your way and everything was cool. I want you to know, none of us, none of us are running our own show. There's going to be one or two that will run the show for you. It's either Satan or it's the Lord Jesus Christ. And this morning, you're going to have to make a choice to what kingdom you want to live in. Do you want to continue to live in darkness? Or do you want to live in light? But then in verse number 3, not only do we see death, in verse 1, verse 2, we see deception. In verse number 3, we see that we were doomed. Listen to what it says. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past and uh, in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath. That word wrath means judgment. We were under judgment. We were under the wrath of God because the Bible tells us that if you continue to live in your sin, if you continue to live in the kingdom of darkness, you will have to pay a very dear, dear price for that. And that price that you will pay is to spend all eternity in a place called hell. You're doomed if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You might be here today and you say, well, you know what? I understand. I, I probably need to live a little bit better. I understand that I, I, I probably am not doing everything correctly, but you know, I'm not that bad of a person and uh, I haven't uh, been incarcerated uh, at least anytime soon. And uh, I, I'm, you know, everything's going pretty well. I got me a good paying job and my family seems to be happy. I'm able to provide for my family. You know, I understand that maybe uh, when things get a little settled down, I might take a, a look at knowing Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. But right now, I think everything's cool. My dear friend, you've been deceived by the father of lies, Satan himself. You didn't come up with that type of thinking on your own. Satan planted that in your mind to let you know that you were okay. And here's another lie that he's told you, uh, that you have plenty of time. My dear friend, None of us are guaranteed that we're going to walk out of here alive. He says, well, you're just trying to scare me now. No, I'm just getting you to understand what reality is. And reality is, if you continue to live without knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are doomed and destined for hell. But then he goes on, he says, uh, even as others. Now, here's the good news. We've been delivered. Look at verse 4. But God, but God, who is rich in mercy for His great love, what did He do? Wherewith 
He loved us. Oh, I like verse number four. Because I have been delivered, and because I've been delivered, I am a very wealthy man. Not financially speaking. I'll let you check my bank account. Matter of fact, maybe that's what I need to do. I need to get copies of my bank account. You'll feel so sorry for me. You'll give me a special love offer and help me. In the business. <laughs> hey, God's been good to me. But I'm telling you, if I didn't have a penny to my name, just the fact that I know Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior, I am a wealthy, wealthy man. So this morning, we're going to preach a message entitled, Dead Men Walking. Dead Men Walking. Now, I don't know if you remember the movie, the, the, the Green Mile. Tom Hanks, I believe, was in the movie. And it was about a man that was incarcerated, and he was on death row. In the movie, I'm going to go oh, very quickly, not give all the, the details, but uh, he is uh, going uh, to his execution. And so, uh, there in the prison, as he's uh, coming off of death row, he's walking down this corridor here, and there's cells all the way down. And as this man is walking, because everybody knows uh, that when you left there, and you'd walk down this hallway, everybody knew you were walking to your death. And so as this man was being walked uh, down there, and of course he was in the sh uh, uh, shackles, and he was uh, walking through there, they would say as they was passing the cell, dead man walking, dead man walking, dead man walking. Now he was alive, but he was walking to his death. My dear friend, the Bible here tells us in Ephesians chapter, number, uh, chapter 2, verse number 1, that that was us spiritually speaking. We were dead men, dead women walking. Now we had all the outward signs of life, and that's not the problem. We need to understand, and, uh, and our society needs to understand, the problem is not the outward. We can dress the outward up. We can educate. We can do all of these other things that many people think this is what we need to, to help us to be prosperous. This is what we need. And it's all outward. But my dear friend, our problem is not our education. Our problem is not the environment in which we live. In. Our problem is that we can't make meaningful relationships. No, our problem is the inner man. And the Bible says, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, your inner man spiritually speaking, you are dead. 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 There is finality to that, is it not? We need to understand this morning is that we do not need a resuscitation. We needed a resurrection. And the only one that can provide that resurrection, not only physically, because there will come a day when we will have a bodily resurrection. Oh, praise His name. I can't wait for that day if he, unless I, I go up in the rapture. But if I get placed in the grave, there's going to be one day. The Bible tells me in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, there's coming a day when my grave's going to open up and I'm going to get out of that grave and I'm going to meet the Lord Jesus in the air. I'm telling you, however you 
you go, by the grave or by the air, we'll all meet Him together. There's a coming a day when we will be resi- bodily resurrected. I'm telling you, only Jesus can do something like that. But not only physically speaking, but only the power of God, the power of the blood that we sang about this morning, that it's only that power that can resurrect you spiritually speaking. You were dead, but because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, He has quickened us. He has brought life to someone that was dead. As we think about that, notice uh, what the, uh, how we're dealing with it here. Uh, we see that death, when you were, when you were born, you, you had life, physical life. But you also had a nature that was dead. You're, you're, you, you, you were a sinner when you came in here. And so even though you lived, you were dead. And your death, spiritually speaking, will overtake your life. Because the Bible tells us that if you continue in sin, sin eventually will destroy you. Sin will kill you. And we're seeing it in our community on a rate that is mind-blowing. We're having people dying every day because of their sin. And because of their sin, they are now losing their life physically. Now, as we look at this and understand in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse number 18, the Bible helps us to understand. It talks about that we've been alienated from the life of God. Now understand this. Only God can produce life. That's what He does. When you were physically uh, born, that was not an accident. That wasn't a, a, a whatever you want to call it. It was an act of God. God is the giver of life. And so, it says that when we were alienated from this life, what does that mean? That means that we are now dead. When you take life out of the picture, you have death. And Ephesians uh, tells us and helps us to understand that. But uh, I think Jesus explained it even better in Matthew chapter 8. You all know the story. In Matthew chapter 8, uh, Jesus was looking for followers. There was a man that wanted to be a follower of the Lord Jesus. So he goes to the Lord Jesus and, and, and says, I want to be one of your disciples. I want to be one of your followers. He says, but there's only one problem here. I need to go. Jesus says, okay, uh, let's go. I, I, we, we need to go now. He says, oh, I got one problem. I need to go and bury my father. Jesus said this, something very interesting. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. What did Jesus mean by that? Jesus was saying, let the spiritually dead bury the physically dead. But what I'm offering you is life. That's what Jesus is offering you today. He's offering you life. Because... You are living in darkness. But also in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse number 6, 
the Bible tells us that, uh, and it says that uh, she was living in pleasure, but yet she was dead. And while she was dead, yet she was living. What's it talking about? It's talking about she had physical life, but spiritually she was dead. And so now we understand that Jesus is wanting to come and take care of that situation for you. By the way, Jesus Christ is the only one that can give you a life from darkness into a light. Now, uh, uh, we was talking the other day. When I went to L.A. back some years ago, and, and I haven't uh, traveled much, but I went to L.A., and it is true what they say about L.A. Some of the weirdest people I ever met was in L.A. That uh, L.A. is the first time I met the Moonies. L.A. was the first time I met Buddhist monks. L.A. was the first time I met Scientologists. I mean, we had all of these. But one thing they had in common, except their weirdness, is that they were saying that they were offering life. Oh, if you just believe this way, you'll have life. They sell their day lilies. When I was in the Gainesville area, Harry Krishnas uh, owned a lot of property there in Alachua County. And uh, they would grow daylilies. I mean, acres and acres. And they'd be on the street corners, and they would, and they would, uh, and, and you go and talk to them, and, and they would offer. Uh, you had to buy the flower, uh, but they would say, uh, "Hey, you know, we're, we're here, and it's all peace and love, and all this kind of stuff." I'm telling you, my dear friend, only Jesus Christ can give you true life. Only Jesus Christ can resurrect your dead spiritual inner man and give you new life in Jesus Christ. And so uh, we see death. We were dead in. Now notice that word in. In the Greek, interesting word, it means the location or the position. In other words, when, uh, if uh, you, you'll uh, call me up and you'll say, where are you at? I say, well, I'm in, uh, I'm in Wendy's getting me a hamburger. Well, you know, uh, you're thinking, okay, he's in Wendy's. That, that is where I'm operating at that time. I'm operating. It seems like I operate in restaurants quite a bit. But anyway, uh, uh, but, uh, but I'm in Wendy's. Or if you say uh, somebody calls you uh, during the service, which has happened, and uh, you answer and they say, where are you at? I'm in church. Well, they would understand, okay, we're here. We're operating in this sphere, if you would. But notice here, he says, here's how we were operating when we were dead. We were operating in our trespasses and sins. Now, the word trespasses means to stumble. It's an indication that uh, you, you did not set out intentionally to sin. You just go through the course of the day and because of that no nature that you have, because of the deadness that's in you, uh, you, would, uh, you would mess up along the way. You would sin along the way. But notice, he says sins. Now the word sins means to miss the mark. To miss the mark. It's a hunter's term or an archery term. If you're shooting uh, at the bullseye, uh, you want to go into the center, right? 
I, I don't do archery, and <laughs> wouldn't you like to see that? Uh, if you do, get behind me, okay? <laughs> and, and but I would sh- shoot for the bullseye, right? Hundred points, perfect score. That's what the meaning of that word is. It says that the Bible says that we all have sinned and come short. Short of what? Of the glory of God. How do we know that when we've sinned? When you did not give glory to God. Now, you can have the sins of omission. You haven't done anything wrong. You had not cussed somebody. You, you know, you're uh, not getting drunk at the bar. Or oh, we can go on and on. You had not committed adultery or any of that. Uh, but you just hadn't flat out done what the Lord Jesus was wanting you to do. That's sin. So the question for us this morning is, have I brought glory to God today? In my actions, have I brought glory to God? And the question would be, absolutely not. We've all missed the mark, have we not? But that's our nature. That's how we operate. There's no way possible. That's the reason why the law that's the reason why Paul was so adamant about uh, telling the, the, the Jews that were coming into the church and, and many of his letters, he was talking to them, grace, 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 grace. He says, the law only held you in bondage. See, this flesh holds you in bondage. Uh, your, your nature, your deadness holds you in bondage. And, and that's the only how you know to operate. And so you're operating in trespasses and in sin, and you're not bringing glory to God. I'm telling you, it doesn't have to be, quote, one of the big sins. Any sin that does not bring glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ has to be dealt with, must be confessed. And many of us, here's where many of our problems are. Here's the reason why we're not living the victorious life. Here's the reason why we're not living as if we're the wealth that the Lord Jesus has given us is because we're not paying attention and we're thinking this little sin really is not messing with anybody else. This sin is not one of the big sins, but sin is still sin and you're still short coming short of the glory of God. And that ought to burden you. That ought to bring conviction upon you. When we give the invitation, we shouldn't have to give a plea. You ought to know, and you do know, when you've not been what you ought to be for the Lord Jesus Christ. You haven't brought glory to Him. You haven't brought honor to His name. And we need to understand that we ought to be convicted of that. We ought to confess it. We ought to get rid of it. We ought to get it right with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because here's what my goal is. Here's my motivation. I want to bring glory to Him. Nobody else. I want to bring glory to Him. When people see me at work, I want them to see how I act and how I operate. Oh, I'm bringing glory to Him. How we worship today. And many of us, sometimes we say, well, I'm just not into worship. Oh, you listen, you need to get ready to worship because you're going to be doing a whole lot of it when you get to heaven. You might as well go ahead and get 
get to practice now. I'm telling you, you don't have to always be expressive. And we're not asking you to jump pews. We're not asking you to jump out of the balcony. And we're not saying you take the baby and throw them around. We're not saying all of that kind of stuff. What I'm saying is that you ought to be giving Him all praise, all worship, because I want to bring glory to Him because I was was dead, now I'm alive, alive forevermore. Oh, glory. Somebody give Him a praise this morning. God has rescued you. Oh, He's rescued you. But though, it doesn't stop there. Look at verse number 2. Notice the spear in which we're operating. We've been deceived. Notice the word usage here. In verse number 2, Paul says, Ye. He's talking about the Gentiles here. When you go to verse number 3, he says, We. He's referring to the Jews. Now, what's the big deal about that? What Paul's trying to relate to us is that it doesn't matter if you're a Gentile or you're a Jew. All of us, without knowing Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, are living in the kingdom of darkness. So, what does that mean? The word word there is a very interesting word. It's cosmos. Now, it doesn't mean the, the galaxies and, and all of that. He's talking about the spiritual realm. He's, notice who he says is orchestrating this world system. We've heard many times oh, oh, of a worldview on certain things. and What the worldview is totally different than God's view. And here's the problem that we have. Our children are being educated with a world view, not a biblical view. Vast difference. It will change the way you engage in politics. I says, oh gosh, here we go again. It's not even November. Just stay with me. Stuff that's going on in the Middle East today, we're looking at it at a worldview. This thing where they're looking to do a two-state, the Palestinians want a two-state, they have no right to that. Read the Bible. Israel is God's land for God's people. But why what we want to do? Let's get a peace treaty, peace treaty, peace treaty. That's the worldview. But the Bible says, remember, what did He promise Abraham? By the way, that promise is still intact. What He promised Abraham is still intact today. And so they can go ahead and they can go, well, let's do a peace treaty. It will never ever be a peace treaty until the Prince of Peace comes back, the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, well, do we give up all hope? I didn't say that. But do you see the difference when you look at a worldview as opposed to a biblical view? A worldview will tell you that marriage is really not that big of a deal. Matter of fact, it's not only between a man and a woman now. 
It's however, if a man wants to marry a man, hey, no problems. That's the worldview. Oh, if a woman wants to marry a woman, oh, that's the worldview. And then when we come out and speak against that, we're labeled bigots and narrow-minded and all that. I want you to know, I don't go and try to pick up fight. I don't like conflicts, but I'm telling you, we better start sticking to our convictions and start sticking to the, uh, the Bible and the Bible's view on that is marriage was to a one man and a one woman, woman, and that is period. It's not man and man, a transgender. Now all kinds of uh, depraved. I'm telling you, I'm not a prophet. Don't claim to be one. I'm telling you, at the road where we're going, and I'm not trying to get vulgar with this, at the way we're going, why can't somebody say, well... I kind of like to have relations with animals. Don't see nothing wrong with that because everything else has been okay. Do you see where I'm going with that? I'm telling you, it will not stop. It will continue to progress. Why? Because this world in which we operate, the orchestrator of all is the prince of the air. The air is down here. It's talking about Satan. The worldview is Satan's view. And he says, when you're living in darkness, that was the world in which you were in. Nobody, that's the reason why nobody sees anything. Why can't we do what we want to do? Because they have the worldview. They've been deceived. I've talked to a man not too damn long. He says, you know, I, I, I just like to... I, I just like to on my own business one day. And I said, well, why would you want that? He says, then I could be my own boss. And I told him, I said, no, you won't. There's always going to be somebody that's going to tell you what you can do. You go ahead, if you own a small business, you know exactly why. You don't get in, oh, I have a business, and say, you know what? I'm calling the shots around here, which means I ain't paying my taxes. You go ahead and work on that for a while. We're here with the RAS, and they have a padlock, and they'll pad your bid. Hey, there's always somebody above you. Somebody's going to call the shot. None of us, none of us operate in and on ourselves. And so here it says, we were in the world. And that world is a world of darkness. In Colossians chapter 1, verse number 13, it says, uh, it talks about darkness, that we've been delivered We've been delivered from darkness into His kingdom. And so we got two kingdoms going on down here. You got the kingdom of darkness, which is orchestrated by Satan, and you have kingdom, the kingdom of God. And they're always going to constantly clash. Here again, I'm not wanting to pick fights. I'm not here to, uh, you know, get in people's face. I, what I'm telling you is, we, we, I don't know why we think that we, uh, we, we, we have too many of our churches that have caved into the worldview to where it says, you know what, it's okay you to preach on love, and I like preaching on love. It's okay to you preach on grace, and I like preaching on grace. But he says, don't go too far with this thing because you may offend somebody. My dear friend, if there's two kingdoms and we've already agreed that they are, they're going to clash. Here's where we ought to be concerned. 
where nobody's having conflict with us, that's when we need to worry. Because it's a natural... Bam, bam, standing up for the Lord, proclaiming that He is the only way unto salvation. You didn't hear that one. I say proclaiming that He is the only way unto salvation. That's going to rattle somebody's cage. That why? Because that other kingdom's going to come in and, and it's going to go ahead and it's going to clash. I'm telling you, if we're not clashing, and I'm not saying we go intentionally, I'm not saying we go and be a Bruce, I'm not going saying we're looking for a, to pick a fight. What I'm saying is, if we just do what we're supposed to do, if we're operating in the kingdom of life and the kingdom of light, then we're going to clash with the other kingdom of darkness. And so it says here, he says, uh, since he's orchestrating, uh, that uh, we see three factors. What's the three factors? Uh, and I just jotted these down. First of all, the, this world down here talking about this kingdom of darkness, the first factor that you'll see is humanism. Humanism. Simple definition. It's about me. Oh, have we heard that lately in the news? It's about me. It's about what I want to do. It's where they celebrate it. Celebrating today in Nashville, pray uh, Gay Pride Week. And that's, that, that's human. That, that's where they're saying, hey, I can do whatever I want to with my body. See, that's the feminist movement that's come in there. That all comes under the umbrella of humanism. And by the way, you don't have to be any of those camps but if you have the mindset that I can do what I want to, then you need to have a rude awakening coming to you because if you're saved, if you're truly saved, you're not going to come and say, hey, I can do whatever I want to with my body. You're going to say, hey, I've given my body to the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm going to do everything I can to present myself in such a way that brings glory and honor unto Him. And there's a whole lot we could say on that one. Humanism. But then there's a second factor. Materialism. Every other channel on cable is... Shopper. Shop. And they always got specials. Why is there... And you, I, why is there so many of those? Because people want to buy stuff. That's the reason why they're on. Why? Because we're operating in the world and the world says, get stuff, get stuff, get stuff, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. And the marketing agencies know exactly what to do as far as their advertisement that's going to go ahead and tempt you in an area they know that you can be tempted in. We got storage facilities everywhere. Have you noticed that? I was, I forgot we was out in the country somewhere. I mean, we're way on out. And I look around and there's a Large storage facility. I thought, ten people live out this way. Why do they need all that? Tell you why we need all that. Because we like to buy stuff. Why? Because it makes us feel good. Shopping. Oh, mine. 
Oh, shopping. Oh, I love to go shop. Well, why do you got to buy that? I just like it. Uh, do you need it? Well, not really. I just like it. And here's how we'll justify it. It was on sale. That's how my wife does me. I said, "Do you would why did you get why did you get 40 cans of black eyed peas? Because they were on sale. What does I have to do with it? I'm telling you. See, that's how this world operates is because when we get caught up with ourself and when we get caught up in thinking that material things are going to bring us contentment and peace, that's Satan orchestrating all that because if he can get you sidetracked and centered on you and centered on your stuff, then you're not going to be centered upon the Lord Jesus Christ. See, your attention is on your stuff. Your attention is upon you. Your attention is not on the Lord Jesus Christ. Who's orchestrating that, Satan? Stirring the pot. Now, the last thing, and the fact is when we're operating in this world of darkness, and there's many more, I understand, is sex. Calm down. We're not, we're not going to go there, okay? We're... Sex is used to sell everything from hamburgers to perfume. I've already made mention, there is an epidemic of men, mostly men, and then women also, but predominantly men, addicted to internet sex sites. Go down to lower Broadway, and where all the crowds go, and I could name some of the places, but... I'm afraid to do that because you're thinking, how does he know the name of that place? <laughs> I'll tell you how I got the names of those places. The deacons gave them to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Sort of. But, but am I... It, I mean, it's all gravitating. That, that's the reason why... Have you ever heard of so many of children being molested. It's unreal. Now, you, if you have children, you're afraid to even go to the parks because of pedophiles. It's, a, it's an epidemic of it. Why is that? Because they're operating in this world system. Who's orchestrating it? The prince, the power of the air, Satan. And so here, we understand that we were in bondage to that. We were in bondage to that, but not only with say, but go ahead and, and what on the TVs and, and everything else, the videos, all the social media stuff. Uh, I'm telling you, who is orchestrating all that, Satan, in this world system? And see, when you're living in darkness... You don't even have a clue that you've been sucked into it and you're in bondage to it. You don't realize it until you go to the kingdom of light. See, when you get saved, then your eyes get opened up and you're thinking, I cannot believe I participated in that. What was wrong with me? 
tell you what was wrong with you. You were dead. You were dead. Spiritually speaking, you were dead. The Bible goes on and tells us not only uh, uh, that we were dead, but notice he says the age of the world. Now, it says in the King James, it says the course of this world. Very quickly, I know. It's of course the world. means the age of this world. What's he talking about? He's, he's helping us to understand that this, this uh, issue with sin didn't evolve. Sin has always been since the garden. Matter of fact, Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. We need to understand uh, that sin's always been sin and has always has been. But now, we're seeing more of it. Grant you that. But homosexuality, had it back in the Old Testament, had problems with it then. Prostitution, had problems with it back all the way back to the Old Testament. So sin has not evolved, but sin is escalating and getting more frequent. Why is that? Well, He tells us, notice the word, He worketh. That means an ongoing work. Now, why are we seeing an escalation in sin? Because Satan knows time's running out. He's getting, he, oh, it's getting shorter and shorter. And the Bible helps us to understand it will be perilous times. And if I can go ahead and use improper grammar, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm telling you, have many of us, uh, could you imagine what our children are having to face in their schools? The language that they're hearing in the schools? And sometimes, and thank God we have many uh, Christian uh, teachers, and I thank God for them. And uh, and I and I'm not here. I'm not here to promote uh, uh, homeschooling. If God's convinced you of that, you go for it. Uh, God bless you. But I'm I'm listen to me. I'm grateful that we have some believers that are still hanging into the public school system because if they decide to leave, then all hell will break loose. So thank you. And we have many uh, believers that are teaching there. But I'm telling you, it's, uh, our, uh, the, the kids are being bombarded with stuff that we would never ever imagine. The worst thing when I was going to high school, and I already heard you, remember, I can read minds. So sir, uh, in the balcony, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, that was a whole long, long, long time ago. That's probably when you came in on the horse and buggy. I don't want you to know I'm not quite that old. But I do remember that the worst thing that you could get in trouble for was smoking. Cigarettes. Now... And, I, and I've, I've seen reports of that where they're shooting up in the school bathrooms. I'm not here. I'm not here in the air. What, what I'm saying is, it's going to get worse. Why? Because Satan knows he's got a short time and he's trying to get as many as he can. Here's why we need to understand the urgency of getting the gospel of Jesus Christ out to a lost and dying world because we want to take as many with us to a place called heaven, not to a place called hell. So, 
He says we're doomed. Why? Because we're children of wrath. Now, in James 1, 14, 15, he talks about, he says, watch the progression here. Don't have time to read the whole text. It says they have the lust. And that lust, if you continue to feed that lust, turns to sin. And if you continue to feed that sin, it leads to death. Now, here's the good news. Verse number 4. Verse number 4 says that because of His love, we've been delivered. Because of His love, we've been delivered. 